I'm going to talk about a very small part, or a smallish part, of our ED, so not the whole thing. Um, and I'm going to start, as I think is appropriate, with a little bit of autobiography. Um, so this really starts from way back when I was doing my own doctoral study, which seems like a very, very long time ago. Um, I found, in, as I was writing, a need to explain my interest in the topic. So not just because it was something that hadn't been very much researched in the area of practice that I was interested in, but also why it was important to me, okay? And I found myself writing autobiographically about my learning through science and design and technology, which was the, the area, um, to a critical incident that had triggered my interest in the topic that I was writing about, which was children and the issue of design drawing. And what that also did was to begin to make me rethink some of the things about myself. So where I was writing, well, actually, I don't think of myself as very much of a visual thinker. That actually got me thinking, no, actually, I really am. <laughs> um, by the end of the, of the doctorate, I was paying much more attention to my own graphic behaviour. Um, so this was very intimately bound in with my own doctoral work. It was also about the same time there was a group of us in the university who were designing a master's programme, which actually at the time didn't quite, the, that particular master's didn't quite get off the ground. But one of the things that we did was to set ourselves a task inspired by um, a research seminar that had happened at Manchester Metropolitan University called Realism, Relativism and Postmodernism. <laughs> We set ourselves the task, which I think probably was a bit naive, but we did it. We're going to take an incident in our own educational lives and we're going to write it in three ways. We're going to write it as a realist text, as a relativist text, and as a postmodernist text. Um, I think I say I certainly approached that naively because I now think, you know, I took an area, an aspect of my own educational life which I'd found extremely difficult. How on earth could I write that as a realist text? <laughs> Couldn't. So when I was asked to develop the idea at the University of Winchester, developed, you know, one of the things I had in mind was a set of principles which included um, I wanted the students to develop their reflective, reflexive selves. This is one of my favourite images, and I use it a lot with, with students. The notion that when we're doing research, we inscribe the research, but the research also inscribes us. Uh, the image is a woodcut by Moritz Escher, um, who I was very interested in in my 20s and 30s. And, and I, I just love this as a sort of metaphor for the notion of doing research. So. My underlying principle comes from this notion you can't separate the production of new knowledge from the experience or the standpoint of researchers. And so 
I want our students to be able to reflect, but also to be reflexive. Um, and I do see these three as sort of hierarchical and move into the notion of diffraction, which is partly to do with the use of theory, which we will no doubt come back to in a later discussion. I'm not going to get into that. Don't press me on diffraction. I'm only really getting to grips with Karen Barrad at the moment. But it's essentially it's to do with the use of a lens or an apparatus or an instrument uh, to illuminate your research field. Um, now, you could say, you know, I'm teaching people who are experienced in the field of education. They're probably already reflective. But the, the metaphor of reflection is to do with looking in mirrors. And I can look in a mirror and see something that doesn't include myself. Um, sorry, am I, am I hitting it too much? Sorry. Uh, so, uh, reflection is a fairly narrow, I think, um, concept. Uh, and certainly the way it's presented in things like the school leadership materials that uh, teachers engage with. It's very much looking from the outside at events, rather than looking at the interaction between the event and the observer. And so you know, reflexivity becomes very, very important. And so this is what we're trying to develop. So this is not, of course, new. Other people have been involved in thinking about writing an autobiography as a, as a means of learning about the research field. Um, we might be talking, as Kebede does, about developing a sociological imagination and enabling students to develop a disposition by practicing it. Arismanius uh, also has worked with postgraduate students in this way, uh, getting them to look at educational biographies. And what she says is that you, know, you start with something that's personal, but it develops very quickly as you interact with that material into thinking about the curriculum or educational politics. So, um, our EDD is differently structured from many. Well, that was quite deliberate, actually, because I, you know, one of my briefs was not to do something that looked too much like what was being done by the other people in our region. <laughs> Um, so we have a module which is 60 credits at level 8 called Reflecting on and Evaluating Practice and it has two written components. Uh, one is to do with the context for the research and analysis of the field. The other is a piece of autobiographical writing which is, you know, it's really the question, why am I doing this? Why am I interested in this topic? What am I getting into? And um, I would say, you know, there, is a, there was another driver for this, and that is that I've examined and chaired, I don't know how many doctoral uh, vivas. The question nearly always comes up. What got you interested in this? Why this rather than another topic? 
Um, so the idea is we're enabling the students to articulate that. So what do we mean by professional autobiography? Professional autobiography is something that helps us to account for the present by looking at the past, our present by looking at our past. Um, so there are some things about the way in which uh, whether, sorry, I'm losing my place in my paper. Yeah. Uh, we're not expecting them simply to tell a chronological story, but to embed it in some sort of theoretical frame. But we're not prescriptive about the theoretical frame. What we do then, we give them things to read about the nature of autobiography, different sorts of autobiography. Our questions might be, what sort of autobiography are you writing? Is it a chronological account? Is it a set of critical incidents? Is it a focus on a particular stance? Um, we give them some exercises. You know, we do say, well, let's all, let's all write a critical incident. Let's pass it around and have other people raise questions about the meaning of that critical incident. We share our personal experiences of writing autobiographically. Interestingly, I showed my successor this um, PowerPoint on Wednesday uh, because I didn't want him to think he was being bounced into anything <laughs> and he said well you know I didn't do a, I didn't do any uh, autobiographical writing when I was doing my doctorate and then he said what am I talking about I wrote a whole chapter on my own practice um, and then we also get the students to share autobiographical work in, in progress so different students take different starting points. So I've got a secondary English specialist who writes a more or less chronological account of her life with literature and language, um, but starts by attributing her love of English to being read a particular text at the age of six by her infant school teacher. Um, we have somebody else who, say, who locates her concern for underprivileged learners with uh, early life and her friends at school, many of whom came from disadvantaged backgrounds. I've got another student who thinks about boundary crossing, about always being on the outside and the inside simultaneously. I've got an international student who is teaching in this country, he's also an English teacher, um, who locates his interest in his very early experience, his first experience of teaching in this country, where he was placed in one of Manchester's sink estates to teach. So having come from um, an African country where teachers are very much revered and what the teacher says goes and parents are on the teacher's side. This was a bit of a baptism of fire. <laughs> I have another student who is talking about her dual heritage as underpinning her interest in social justice. So 
they, they come with different theory and with different experiences and they construct their autobiographies in different ways. So what we're trying to do is to give them freedom, to give them a space that express their ideas in forms that work for them. So they do this sorts of thing. Some of it a bit confessional, some of it not so confessional. Okay. Uh, this is another student um, who writes of what seems like a very straightforward account of educational achievement. You know, she starts with uh, being head girl and winning prizes for uh, work and travelling abroad and and then she starts addressing us as dear reader. <laughs> right? Okay, there's a construction going on here under the surface. She's, she's perhaps doing this a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Fair enough. I don't suppose you can see this as well as I'd hoped because projected images are never very all as good as you hope. But uh, this is just one student's, this is her autobiographical wall which is a series of post-it notes where she's making connections in her thinking as she, as she begins to construct the autobiography. Here's another student. He got this idea of personal hilltops from somebody who was training him um, in his earlier life. And so his autobiography takes the form of a, a visual image and some surrounding uh, narrative. So here's his personal hilltop on which he surveys his educational life, his biography in a box. So the next few slides I'm just going to show you some of the little bits of snippets of how these students write about their autobiographical project. I've come to understand that to delve into the who that I am needs doing if I'm to be able to be a worthy instrument of research in the future. I embrace the idea that a more personal approach, personalised approach to writing can be just as academic as a depersonalised one. Here's someone else. Here's a theory of reflective autobiography entailing a critical distance between the assumptions of the autobiography of autobiographer and the attitudes and assumptions prevalent in his or her, her cultural ideological milieu. Somebody using Denzin, the studied use and collection of life documents or documents of life, uh, acknowledging questions about some of the assumptions underpinning biographical method. Interestingly, this particular student um, then goes on to say, you know, he was at school in the 60s, early 70s. He describes himself as having been embedded in an educational experiment. So the students draw on a wide range of authors and align themselves where they feel comfortable. And that's absolutely fine with me. No. Am I being idle and self-indulgent? Or actually have I discovered something about myself? I was destined to be a teacher. 
And an awareness also that they are that the autobiographical material that they produce is a construct. And so I've still got some questions. Um, students, some students struggle with it, and I do have at least two students who have written autobiographical autobiographical accounts that almost leave themselves completely out of it. They talk about transformative learning, or they talk about the research question and what it is that is fascinating them about the research question, and they develop or, or they use theory to locate that research question without actually telling nosy me anything about you know, what it was that was the actual transformative experience. And then question about assessing the work. You know, should we assess work that is so personal? Well, we do. We use the FHEQ criteria. We say, you know, is this something that demonstrates an understanding of theory? Is it something that um, develops? Yeah. And, and is it well written? Is it written at the sort of level that we would recognise? And at least one of these students, I have said, have you thought of getting this published? You know, so, so this is publishable work in, in journals like Reflective Practice. So those are my questions. If I've got a minute, I'd quite like, very briefly, to just show you something that the sort of things the students say. And that means I'm going to have to fiddle with the technology briefly. Um, a couple of years ago, we made a publicity video and we collared various students and would they be willing to be videoed. We asked them questions like, what are you enjoying? What do you find challenging? Um, how is it changing your, your practice? This is the sort of thing we got. Ah, I've lost the sound. Why have I lost the sound? You had it earlier. And I don't know how to get it back. Okay. Um, so I won't show it you. If you want to, you can go onto our university website and see these students talking. The point really is that several of them talked uh, spontaneously about finding the autobiographical writing useful and challenging, but that it gave them a deeper insight into what they were doing and why they were doing it. And I'll stop there. Thank you very much.